Coming up on this episode of Sports Without Borders. No, he wants to be a leader. He wants to be a player. He wants to win. And later. Do not get me started on this, Dalen Turk. Dalen Turk and RJ Hens bring you Sports Without Borders. Welcome to Sports Without Borders, episode three. Dalen, I'm hungover. <laughs> I think uh, you're no, just I'm tired. <laughs> Uh, we'll just call it hungover. I work at the night shift at the post office, and let's just say I am extremely tired, but nonetheless, we've got an amazing episode for you guys. Coming up on today's episode, tanking. This is what it gets you, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Unfortunately. unfortunately. This is is what happens when you tank. So, we'll talk about that. Uh, the sweep. The Warriors are looking dominant than ever. Are they going to win... The I just knocked my microphone. My bad. Uh, the are the are the Warriors the best team right now in the NBA after a sweep over the Blazers? The Colts they signed a franchise quarterback that's <laughs> way better than Andrew Luck. And which rookie will be the best in fantasy, and which will be the worst? We have our predictions for you. But Dalen, I was watching this little draft lottery special they were having on ESPN, and yes, I was indeed. actually. I, I was really high. I was kind of hyped about it because they made it like, you know, a big build up and, you know, my Celtics had a chance to possibly get a top 4 pick even though their chances were like less than a per- 1%. But here's the thing. The Lakers had less than 2% to even get the number 1. They wound up with the number 4. The Knicks ha- the Knicks, the Cavaliers and the Bulls all had a 14% chance. Knicks with the 3. The Cavaliers with the five, and the Bulls with the seven, and the New Orleans Pelicans with the number one overall pick. Let's go! <laughs> Is, oh my, I, okay, first off, everyone, they they weren't really calling it like the who's going to win the NBA draft lottery. It was more like who's going to get Zion Williamson. That's Look, what everyone was talking about. Well, you, the majority of teams would be dumb to not pick Zion Williamson, unless they have somebody who can be comparable to him, and they're like, hey, you know, Morant is, like, he's the key that we need to get us into, you know, the playoffs, to get us into the finale, or the finales, the finals. The finale? Um, Oh my gosh, it sounds like, (laughs) it sounds like the Bachelorette over here now. The NBA finale. (laughs) Who will get the final rose? (laughs) Probably... Probably not Derrick Rose, but that's okay. Um, uh, yeah, not now. But oh, did you see the reaction video of the Knicks front office when they like you saw see- that they got the thir- third pick? Oh gosh, I bet you that was <laughs> so, amazing. Well, because- I wish I was there. They're like all around this conference table, and everyone's like, their hair is wild, their shirts are you know unbuttoned. They're just like, oh my god! And all of a sudden, boom, Lakers go up, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, number three, the New York Knicks, and it's like, oh crap! I think everybody on the New York Knicks was probably thinking we tanked for this to get. I mean, you got okay. You're gonna get R.J. Barrett. Which is a great player. I don't do not get me wrong on that. But this is the thing that I hate about tanking right here is that even if you think that you are going to be guaranteed, unless you're in the NFL, the NHL, or in the flipping MLB, tanking does not get you anywhere. So, do you think in- the Knicks were smart to get rid of Kristaps Porzingis? 
you know, parts part of me is like, yeah, it's, they're smart, but at the same time, looking at the NBA draft, they're gonna need them. I think. I mean, they're now that they aren't gonna get the best player in the draft, they're gonna need someone like, and I know that they're gonna be, you know, the team to go to in the uh, off season because we've all heard like, you know, well, Kyrie Irving's gonna go over there. I've even flipping heard that, you know, LeBron James wants to get other people to come to Los Angeles. There's so many different, like, things going on with the NBA free agency. But my question for you, Dalen. Yes? Should Anthony Davis stay? It's really, really tough because it's hard for me to imagine two big bodies, like, big body dominant guys in the paint on that team because you have Zion who shoots at an incredibly high um, shooting percentage because every shot is basically just a dunk and he's just going to wreck everybody in the paint because one, he already has the size, he already has the strength and he does have the knowledge, but experience is just going to put him above that level. And I don't know if that's a guy that can mesh well with Anthony Davis. And I think regardless, I think Anthony Davis is gone anyway. He he hasn't really talked much in terms of uh, with media. Uh, neither has Zion since the lottery. And I I think, I don't know where he's going. Um, I think it would be smart for him to go to the Lakers. I think that would be his best bet um, if he wants to win a championship. But... Why stay? I, Why? Yeah. I, I mean, okay, so Anthony Davis is... This is the topic that I've been really just... It's so ba- bamboozling to me. The fact that this guy is not going to take a Supermax deal of, like, over $250 million over the course of five years. And all he, this is, like, his chance to become the leader of a team that could become a top-five team. He's only 25. He's, he's, he's uh, okay, only like 25. I, un- I understand that, but here's the thing. He's a number one overall pick. You get Zion Williamson, you've got another number one overall pick. That is two players right there that you can use as bargaining chips to bring someone in that you never thought you could bring in. Well, but do you, you're, so you're telling me right now that Anthony Davis wants to be considered a bargaining chip? No, he wants to be a leader he wants to be a player he wants to win he's not gonna like the idea of basically just being a bargaining chip because they bring in this other guy and they're like hey like we're gonna use you and then we're gonna you know like no he wants to be valued he wants to go somewhere that he can win a championship now well i'm saying like as in a bargaining chip as you know this is him he can be used as a bargaining chip where it'll be bring in players like, I'm saying, like, he won't be traded off for, say, a Kyrie Irving or something like that. He'll be brought in to help mesh a team together so that you've already got Zion and you've already got Anthony Davis. I'm not saying, like, he becomes a trading chip. I'm saying he, like, could be used, hey, we've got Anthony Davis. We've now got the number one player in the NBA draft right now. Why don't you join us? That could Using those two players, you could easily draw in free agency that – nobody else would have thought of i don't know i don't i don't trust that pelicans front office um michael jordan is great basketball player but boy howdy is he a garbage 
garbage front office person. <laughs> and boy, howdy. That boy, is like, howdy. I, boy, howdy. I, <laughs> I can't no, even comprehend that I right think, now. I think AD should leave. Um, I think that team is going to be Zion's team now. Um, I think um, – because wait, who got number two? Uh, number two went to the Grizzlies. Yeah, the Grizzlies. John Morant's going to go there, um, and they've got um, – what's his name at point guard right now? I can't think of his name, um, but his – I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I can't think of it, but um, he's had a great career, but he's, he's, I think, somewhere around 32, 33, so his time's going to be coming to an end, and John Morant's – I mean, he's at a point right now where he can start as a point guard, and um, R.J. Barrett, I like – um, I think he's probably the more all-around talented out of him and Zion, I think. But I would like him. I would like to see him use his right hand more, and I would like to see a little bit more consistent of a shot. Um, right. Yeah. I, to- I totally way, see where you're going. I do think that this rookie class coming in, um, especially paired with. Um, this last year's rookie class is going to be very fun to watch. There's there's a new wave of young players, and it's um, I think the NBA is going to be a lot more up speed and a lot more competitive than it has been, um, especially with the Warriors. Um, but it's yeah, it's 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 something it's something the NBA definitely needs a change on, and this is definitely going to be that change that the NBA has so desperately needed and wanted for so long. And I think John Morant is, I mean, I think he's the best guard in the draft. Because, I mean, you look at how well he handles the ball, it's scary. I mean, when he was playing in the NCAA tournament, it was unreal how well he did for Murray State. And he led him to a victory. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, R.J. Barrett, he played with Zion. He was kind of like that, he was the number one recruit with Zion. But and R.J. Barrett was kind of just like in the background while Zion was shining. Well, because I still Zion has been the face of high school and college basketball for you know years now. Right. Well, I'm just saying, like you know, there's an R.J. Barrett. Don't and he is a phenomenal guard. I still think that he'll be he'll be in the top three, no doubt. But I'm just saying that if you're if you're the Grizzlies and you have to choose between John ja Moran and R.J. Barrett, I would choose John ja Moran. Well, and it's funny, too, because I personally think Morant is the better dunker compared to Zion. Um, because have okay, you seen okay, his dunk okay. highlights, man? Okay, the NBA is not going to be a dunk contest. I, what? I, th- that what? Is, I'm giving I'm just you saying, shit. Get, his, get him some breakaways, and that kid's going to be hot. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, I don't like – see, right now in the NBA, I do not like how – um, it is like a nonstop where you have centers shooting threes and you have people thinking that all the only shots they can take in the paint is a dunk. It seems like sometimes that just gets a little excessive. Yeah, the, the sky hook is no longer as, uh, as uh, exciting as it used to be. I mean, I'm just saying, let's bring it back. Zion, bring it back and you'll be, you'll be the first. I mean, <laughs> come on. Forget everything that you've completely based your whole game on for your whole career, and now focus everything on that skyhook. 
I mean, <laughs> let's go. It's the only but, way to win. Yeah, no, and that's the thing is that, you know, Zion, it, he just needs to work on the skyhook. If he works on the skyhook, we're going to be we're going to be all be happy. I think that is all the Pelicans need is someone with a solid skyhook. <laughs> that is that is the root of all of their problems. <laughs> It, I mean, could you just imagine his uh, scouting report and just all it says is just like, if you had a massive skyhook, just skyhook, draft him number one. <laughs> I love, I mean, I love okay. the idea of looking at a scouting report and it's like, you know, it's like pros and it lists all this crap and cons all in caps. No skyhook. <laughs> <laughs> no skyhook. What the hell? <laughs> what is happening? Like, I mean, if you have a guy who's like, you know, the scout who's like 70 years old and has watched Skyhooks his whole life. Yeah, that's probably, that might be on there. Really, it's just Larry Bird in disguise. <laughs> True. But, okay, here's the thing that I did not realize just until now. The Grizzlies only have one pick. Did they trade everything away? Yes. Wow. They are, I mean, okay, it paid off because they have the second overall, which is fine. But they only have one pick in this draft. That's that's kind of oh, and sorry, the uh, point guard I was talking about for Memphis is uh, Mike Conley Jr. Oh, how could we forget Conley? What the heck? We're we're just we're all we're both just tired, aren't we? Apparently so. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's rubbing off. But oh no, but I couldn't believe that I was just looking this up that Memphis only has one pick, and it's ridiculous. And I'm here's here's where I want to know where's Taco Fall gonna go? Taco Fall. Oh, I just saw um, Taco. I'm looking it up right now. Um, someone was. But I saw an article, um, and um, someone was saying, or it was a team basically said, yeah, like we're gonna pick Taco. God, who was it? Taco Fall, I didn't know who he was, and then I thought, like, I thought it was a joke with his name. I I genuinely thought it was a joke. Like, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I thought his name was a joke, and I was telling a bunch of my friends, I'm like, this is, this is mean. Like, why are people calling him Taco? And then I'm like, oh, his name is Taco, and he's flipping huge. Like, when you watch him against VCU... He was on his knees, and he was taller than some of the players. Apparently, the the well, yeah, he's seven foot seven. The dude yeah, is he's just a, he's huge. He's a beast. Um, but apparently, the Knicks, who hold the number three selection, um, also have the number fifty-five pick, um, which is the sixth um, to last pick in the draft. And I guess they're looking to get him. Um, oh, that'd be it. I mean, he'd fit well there, honestly, because, I mean, he's not really even on the top 15 best available, according to ESPN, for God, centers. Look at this. Fall's 7'7 seven seven measurement in shoes um, is 8 foot 2 and 1 fourth wingspan and a 10 foot 2 and a half inch standing reach. So he's literally reaching 2 and a half inches above the rim, just standing. <laughs> Oh, that is flipping ridiculous. I mean, it's not – he's kind of going to be – he's going to be uncoordinated, kind of like Yao Ming. You know, right. he, those tall guys are very – I wouldn't say uncoordinated, but they're just – they're so massive that it's they're hard to walk around and hard to 
fully, you know, stay and be able to keep up with the game. Because I remember I had a guy, um, his name was Usman Haruna. He's going to be playing for Montana State uh, Bobcats basketball this coming uh, winter for basketball. But um, when I first met him, it was at BSC basketball. And he's seven foot, he's from Nigeria, and he's massive. You see him, and very nice guy, but it's just sometimes he's it's hard for him to keep up with the game. And I feel like that's the same thing with some of these. If you're over seven foot three, it's going to be extremely hard for you to keep up with the game. Right, it is. And that's why we see guys like that retire so early. Um, but, I mean, he mm-hmm. – he, um, and it's funny because Taco Fall wasn't even um, invited originally to the combine scrimmages. Um, he was um, basically invited after impressing um, the G League elite camp, and um, he, I guess he shined there. And then he had a pretty impressive uh, combine. So how can you not shine when you're seven foot seven? There's some guys where they're just tall. That's all they've got. But I think I mean, Taco Fall has got I mean, some actual skills and athletic ability. Yeah, exactly. You can be the world's tallest man and just stand there and you look impressive. But if you can move the basketball around, then I think we should give you a shot. But no, I think it's going to be a very fun, um, very fun rookie class that we've got coming in. This is going to be a this is going to be an draft that people will not forget anytime soon because you have Patrick Ewing show up to represent the Knicks. Dude, I know, right? Where, <laughs> well, you have Patrick Ewing show up to represent and there's always that scandal going around. You you know what I'm talking about where like the NBA rigged where it was so that the Knicks could get Patrick Ewing. Right. And then sure enough, I feel like that there was some irony to it when he's there and he's like, all right, we're going to get the number one overall pick. And nope. (laughs) I think they panned the they panned the camera over to him. And I think his face was just kind of like, really? This did not go to plan. I guys, what do we do? Do I just stand here? What do I do? And then the Pelicans guy was like, wait, we just got the number one. What? (laughs) I mean, they, they had a. They had a 6% chance to get the number one. And yeah. that is just mind-blowing. Them and the Grizzlies both had a 6% chance to get the number one, and they both ended up going number one and number two. I just I find that incredible, and thank goodness, I think that it just it silences the Knicks like, well, go ahead and try to tank again because it ain't going to work. The magic of the NBA lottery. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine if the NFL did something like this? Where they had... It would be chaos. <laughs> yeah, it would. All right, the bottom eight teams are going to be put into... Or the bottom eight teams, they're on these ping pong balls, and we're just going to figure out whoever gets the number one overall pick. Oh, you went 0-16, Lions? Oh, sucks to suck. You get the number 15 pick. Yeah, the number 15. <laughs> <laughs> you're still... Have fun. You're still going to suck. That is the only team that would happen to is the Detroit Lions. <laughs> That's because and everything and anything would happen to the Lions. Pretty Let's much. be honest. But before we shift our focus over to the NFL and the breaking news that it is that the Colts signed a be- quarterback way better than Andrew Luck, <laughs> we saw the sweep happen. Uh, you know, I don't think Portland really even showed up. I mean, don't get me wrong. Damian Lillard didn't had an injury midway through the series. I just couldn't believe that it was a sweep. 
we are seeing, I think, since since Steph Curry's MVP days, the the greatest Golden State team they've had, and I think a big part of that is because Kevin Durant is out. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're I mean, playing they're, as a team much more fluently and much more efficiently. I can't believe how well they are without him. And that kind of proves the point that... I can. <laughs> I mean, here's what I find hilarious. Everyone was like, they've got Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, flipping Boogie Cousins. They're going to be unstoppable. Okay, Boogie Cousins goes out for the season, and even when he did play, they were worse. And then you have Kevin Durant, which they're still good with with Kevin Durant. But then when they're when Kevin Durant is out and not playing, they're back to their dominance when they went seventy three and nine. Well, and 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 lost to uh, LeBron James, but um, <laughs> three to one. I I don't know. I think I think their offense changes uh, because Kevin Durant is. I don't know. I think Kevin Durant is selfish. I think he's a snake. I think he's. Mm. And so right now, and they have. Steph Curry, who in the past, you know, in the four-game sweep went like 36, 37, 35, and 37. Um, and we had in last night's game, we had Draymond Green go for a triple-double triple along with Steph Curry, which is the first time two players have gone um, a triple-double in that circumstance. Um, but they're playing efficiently they're moving the ball great they have fantastic movement off the ball which is something that they have been able to capitalize in these past five years um and let us also recognize that steve kerr is the first coach to go to five straight nba finals in his first five seasons as head coach i mean steve kerr i'm not gonna say i can't say right now he's the best coach of all time you can't just make that accusation when he's already he's not that far into it. He's building himself a pretty good resume right I now. I can though. tell you right now he's the luckiest coach of all time to have the team that he no has. No kidding. Like but to get I, the <laughs> to get the kid out of a small Davidson school that turns out to be Steph Curry, like he's lucky. I mean I mean, don't get me wrong, Steph Curry was like a top ten draft potential anyway when he came out. Yeah. But the fact that he went from number seven overall to the people that passed on him, like, uh, we could have had that. Literally, It's though. just incredible. Um, and by the way, I'd like to point out my prediction was way wrong. Seth Curry did not get 41 points in the first game. He got three. <laughs> I am pissed. I, and Seth, what the hell? Why? This is why you lost the series, because if you would have scored 41 points, that would have been enough to put away over the Golden State Warriors. This is on you, Seth. No, I'm joking. I, I mean, Big bro Seth Curry coming off head. the bench. No, and I think Seth Curry is better as a bench player. I hate to say that, but he's way better off the bench because then he can provide a good three-point shot from the bench that the trailblazers don't have that's on the starting five he's just also just not that great of a player like let's be honest here he spent a lot of time in the g league he bounced around a little bit until he landed in portland um he's that's just how he is he's just not that great he has a three-point shot um of course not like his brother does um but that's i mean that's about it really (laughs) i mean yeah exactly he i mean he has a great he has a great three-point shot, but it's more like if he's open, he'll nail it. But if he's even contested just a little bit, he'll be uh, 
he'll he won't make it, right. no doubt. And let's also but, point out the fact that Draymond Green is playing probably the best offense in his in his entire career right now. Oh, without a doubt, and he is just killing it right now. And I'm glad for him. I'm proud of him because I think that he could easily go. I think he could go to a team and actually. I wouldn't say change them to the point where he is a franchise-altering player, but I think he could be a great team empowerment guy like he is with the Warriors on a different team I think where he could be more of a leader. I think he could now. I think put it back three years ago when he was playing even more of a third wheel to Steph Curry and Iguodala and um, Clay Thompson, I think he wouldn't have been near as successful as he is now. But I think now you put him on a team and he's going to be that presence. Exactly, and I think that if he did, if he got an offer to go somewhere else, you might as well just think about possibly. He might want to look at possibly going somewhere else. I know that you know he's that he's been with the Warriors and you know he's been faithful to the Warriors but you got to look you got to look at all your options if you stay in one place it sometimes can be too much Nah, they're not Just going kinda, anywhere I you never know Clay Thompson, I mean we could Steph, be wrong and uh Draymond Green they're staying they're not going anywhere Well I know Steph Steph Curry's going anywhere and Clay Thompson he only he fits perfectly in the Warrior system so I don't see him going anywhere but, I mean, Draymond Green could very well go to somewhere just to be the next guy, if you know what I'm saying. He, I mean, he could, but why would you leave? Why? When you have a team yeah, true. that can, for the next 10 years, very, very easily you know, be NBA Finals competitors, why would you leave? Um, is, as long... It, it was yeah, funny. As long as... Go ahead. <laughs> as long... No, sorry. As long as money doesn't get involved, he'll be fine. Yeah. Because obviously we know the money right now is going to Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. If you're fine with that, then do not stress about it. I think as long as they're winning, he's fine with it. Very true. Very um, true. But I was going to say, um, just real quick, Iggy Dalla, um, a reporter asked him about um, Steph and Draymond, and he was like, they're like Tom Brady and Gronk. Just the black version. <laughs> Which I'm like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. And then now Gronk's retired, so there's going to have to – I mean, I think Gronk should just go join Barstool Sports. <laughs> Dude, nah, Gronk's too busy partying. <laughs> nah, I mean, Barstool Sports is the party. You're not realizing it, it man. <laughs> so, moving on to our next topic – I texted this to you. Do you know what I'm talking about when I talk about that Andrew Luck should be worried about his starting job? Um, yeah, about a Mr. Chad Kelly coming into the roster. <laughs> Chad <laughs> Kelly is gonna be a cult. Okay. I'll be shit. So I've got an ESPN article pulled up, uh, written by Mike Wells. Um, he's just an ESPN staff writer, and it says Colt sign oft troubled, often troubled free agent QB Kelly. Um, and so he's the nephew of Hall of Famer quarterback Jim Kelly, um, and the team, the Colts announced it on Monday, and it says Kelly, who, has, who was a tryout player during the team's rookie minicamp earlier this month, has a history of off-the-field problems. <laughs> that is a strong history. Chad Kelly, um, he was drafted by the Broncos in 2017, seventh-round pick. 
Um, he was released in October of 2018. Um, he pleaded guilty to misdemeanor secondary second degree criminal trespassing in March. He was sentenced to one year of supervised probation and 50 years of community service. Now, <laughs> that was his most recent. Going back. Most recent, ladies and gentlemen. It says Kelly was kicked off Clemson's football team for arguing with coaches during the spring game of 2014. He pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge of disorderly conduct after he was arrested for a bar fight in 2014. Kelly was in another fight at his brother's high school football game in New York in October 2016. Videos showed Kelly being held back by coaches. Um, and then he is, he spent his entire rookie season on injured reserve due to knee and wrist injuries suffered at Ole Miss. Um, he played one snap prior to release from the Broncos. <laughs> I mean, th- this guy is not going to do anything. If anything, he's going to be on the practice squad. He is just going to be there, and he's just going to be like, hey, Andrew, and he's just going to be like, who the hell are you? Oh, I know who you are. You're the guy who we picked up off the street. Literally, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't think you could get more polar opposite from Kelly and Luck. Like, it's literally you have, the opposite you have spectrum. A guy, <laughs> you have a guy in Chad Kelly who he basically is just this he basically has this track record of being a bad guy and then you have andrew luck who after he gets sacked sacked he just goes that was a nice hit thanks bud (laughs) (laughs) he's just going you hit real well you eat your green beans no i think okay so frank reich um the colts head coach he's he's a man of strong christian faith i think he's someone who believes in second chances um so i think it's in his nature to give him a shot um i also think it's the fact that jim kelly and frank reich were teammates with the buffalo bills from 1986 to 1994 so that could have played into it (laughs) he probably just was like hey uh you know you know my son right and he's like who doesn't know your son (laughs) and he just was kind of just and he's like you know just give him a shot and he probably looked at him and said all right we're gonna give him a shot he's probably not gonna make it past the practice the practice squad unless joby jacoby Brissett gets hurt then he could be possibly the second string he won't get any higher than practice squad, I don't I think. I think come August, um, after uh, preseason games, we're going to see Chad Gelly get cut, and we're going to see Philip Walker on the practice squad, and it's just going to be Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett, which are a fantastic starting and backup quarterback duo. Absolutely. But uh, so that was just kind of my funny little jab at the Colts. <laughs> I thought we'd have a little fun there. Got to have but whatever before episode, we. Apparently. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, if you want to take a jab at the Vikings, please feel free. I'd love to hear this. I mean, but they're the Vikings. <laughs> shut the hell up. Okay. Have you heard, before we get into the fantasy topic, have you heard of a man named James Holzhauer? I have not. Okay, I'm going to tell you about this man because I think this man is flipping fantastic. I'm just going to read you this uh, article that was posted uh, a couple of days, actually just last night, on ESPN. James Holzhauer, the Las Vegas sports better, is on a historic run on Jeopardy. He returned to the airwaves on Monday, and he got right back to business. Okay, he has only played 23 games, okay? And just on his 23rd game, he racked up $89,229, okay? This is – Ken Jennings has the current record of 74 straight games, and he won over $2.5 million during that time. You know, it, James Holzhauer. James Holzhauer 
is on 23 games, and he's already at $1.7 million. It's insane. Um, no. I mean, <laughs> this guy is absolutely insane. Like, he is betting. He It says this. It says he is an aggr- has an aggressive style, often risking large sums mm-hmm. on the daily doubles and an uncanny knack at buzzing in first to dominate competition. During Monday's episode, he buzzed in 56.15% of the time number first he was the first one to buzz in 56 percent of the time and found all three daily doubles and won twenty one thousand dollars on them it's it's very interesting um i have an interesting perspective on it because my uh my co-worker one of the other producers at the radio station he um he's basically a trivia genius he um competed competed on uh, who wants to be a millionaire and won a quarter of a million dollars um, oh dang, yeah. son! He he was on Jeopardy, um, but he um, didn't go further for reasons not to his control. Um, and he also um, hosts like trivia nights all over Austin. Um, but the dude is just—he knows so much. And so um, at work, when Jeopardy come, we put Jeopardy on when this guy's playing, and it's very interesting to hear my coworker's analysis of how he plays because you hear and it's he's just like he's playing the perfect game every single move he does every everything he just he plays perfect and it's funny because when it comes like the daily double and all this i can hear him say he's like do it all he's like go hard and of course he you know bets it all and then he wins and next thing you know he's up six thousand dollars you know um right but it's just it's crazy I, have you heard what uh, Tom Brady tweeted out about it? <laughs> Did Tom tweet about it? Yeah, so Tom Brady said, "Here, this is this is the flipping uh, this is the tweet that he posted. If James loses on Jeopardy tonight, I will go on Instagram Live and eat a strawberry." And dur- <laughs> and like I get, apparently I guess during his TB12, he's not supposed to eat a whole lot of fruits. Oh, he's trying to stay away from the sugars. Yes, exactly. So then he posted half an hour later saying, James didn't lose and I don't eat strawberries. Keep it moving. <laughs> Keep moving along, people. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd love for him to just be like, okay, from now after that, he has to eat a banana. Now it's going to become a fruit smoothie. Before we know it, he's going to have to eat like everything in the Amazon jungle that's considered a fruit. I think that would be actually kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It's it- But, I mean, this guy, maybe... I think he's way better than Ken Jennings because if you're already at 1.7 million dollars and it's only you're not even you're a quarter of the way of how many games he's played, you're way better than him. Right. Well, and it's crazy what like what an insane thing for Alex Trebek to witness while he's going through his cancer treatments. I'm sure it's actually uh, this is going to sound really weird, but this is actually wouldn't you think it'd be kind of considered inspiring? I mean, I would think so. Because, I mean, you got to think, like, you know, this guy, he, Alex Trebek is going through some shit. And I think that it would be great for, he's probably like, you know what? If this guy can go through all, if this guy can go from nothing and go $1.7 million richer, I can, make it I can stage, beat cancer. I can make it through stage four cancer. <laughs> Come on, let's go, Alex. You can do it. It's Keep going. It's very interesting timing for this guy, too, because um, it was just like a month ago or whatever it was, but the the guy who was at the center of the, the quiz show scandal back in like the 60s or whatever it was where um, he was on you know this quiz show and it was all – 
rigged and he was being fed the answers. Um, oh, uh, 21. What, was that the, the game show? Um, yeah, that's the name of it. I, I watched the documentary. Yeah, there's, it. there's a, great, a great movie on uh, um, Netflix called, just I think it's called This Quiz Show. And um, I don't know who the main guy is, but it's got John Tudorow in it. Um, and it's a great movie, but it's just interesting and, timing that he passed yeah. away right when this guy is dominating Jeopardy. <laughs> right. Well, th that happened. That guy's starring in it and uh, Shooter McGavin's in it. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yep. We don't know his name. He's just Shooter. We don't know his name. We just know him as Shooter McGavin. <laughs> that asshole. <laughs> this is what you get, you son of a bitch. You get to be playing a quiz show. I I know. I'm I'm really tired, ladies and gentlemen. So I apologize for my insane weird humor and Dalen, thank you for dealing with my weirdness. I do my best. Um <laughs> so, uh, last topic, unless you've got anything else, fantasy football is not really around the corner, but it kind of is. It's about four months away, and we all know that the NFL draft just happened, and I want to know from you, Dalen, who's going to be a uh, fantasy football player that is going to just shine above the rest, and who is going, but who has all the hype and is going to tank? Okay, um, so here... Um, I, I, I looked up a list and this is, um, specific, especially for dynasty leagues, but, um, I really want to talk about Josh Jacobs, who is uh, a running back, um, selected by the Raiders and now, Oh, he, yeah. A lot of people were talking about him. Yeah. It's interesting because he, um, honestly did not get a huge workload at Alabama. Um, so there's a lot that's kind of unknown about him. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's five ten, two twenty pounds. But um, honestly, everybody loved him at the combine. He looked like the best running back at the combine um, at all the mini camps and everything. But the Raiders need a running back. They do. Their offense is going to be kind of out of whack, rebuilding. Um, they've got Antonio Brown there, um, but I think it's going to take a minute to build chemistry, especially in this new look offense that uh, Gruden's trying to build. Um, but I think if you're in need of a rookie quarterback or not rookie quarterback, rookie running back, I think Josh Jacobs is going to be a very good choice. I don't think he's necessarily the best running back. He could be. We haven't been able to see a lot um, of him at Alabama, but expect a huge workload in terms of running game, as well as he does have some solid um passing experience um but i think if you want someone who just wants those touches who gets a lot of touches per game josh jacobs will be a good route in terms of rookie running backs yeah i think i definitely agree with you josh jacobs is a great player and uh i think that he is definitely without a doubt uh a great asset if you want to pick him up in fantasy i think that I, a lot of people are looking to DK Metcalf, and I like and right back to DK. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, I'm gonna get to it. Here's the thing, DK Metcalf. I do not like him right now. If you were, if you're thinking about drafting him, I would draft him at the very last moment Ooh. or pick him up as a free agent. The reason I say that is because he may he may get a lot of playing time. But, I mean, a lot of people are really hindering on the fact that he is a more straight runner, not a route runner. 
And when you're not a route runner, that is not going to favor you in the NFL. Right. He is a great – I could – like I've talked about this on the show. He could be a great punt returner or kick returner, and that can get you fantasy points in some leagues. But if you're just going to rely on him to be a kick returner or a punt returner and hope he gets a touchdown, don't take him. And I don't think DK Metcalf would be a great asset for your fantasy team. As for picking up a player, forgive me, I think Kyler Murray should be the number one guy you should be looking at. If you're looking for a just a second-string quarterback, make sure you have someone locked down as a quarterback and then pick Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray starts blowing up, put him in for a week. See what happens. Or put him in when your other quarterback's on a bye week. What's the worst that could happen if he is just doing absolutely amazing? Are you are you afraid of injuries though with a rookie running back coming? God, a rookie quarterback coming in like that with Speak. a strong running game? Injuries. I mean, okay, there's injuries that can happen with anybody. I mean, a kicker can pull a groin. We've all there's injuries that could happen with any player. I think that Kyler Murray would just be one of those players that you should look to. Over, <clears throat> excuse me, over, say, like a running back or a wide receiver because he, it's someone that's going to be, he's a guaranteed starter. I, there, that's number one. Number two is that he's going to be playing every snap on the offense, whether he's running the ball, passing the ball, he's going to be there. And I think that would be a wise decision to just have him there just in case he starts blowing up and then, or it's too late when you think, oh, I could have easily drafted him. I don't know. I, I think I would rather go after a guy like Dwayne Haskins. Um, I think I would rather go for a a could be sub not subpar, but a like you know, not a fantastic, you know, QB one pocket passer. Nick Foles. Um, Nick Foles. But I would rather go after um a solid pocket passer coming into the league rather than someone like Kyler Murray, just because of that injury and I don't I, I just think Kyler Murray's game is going to be so much more unpredictable compared to Dwayne Haskins. Uh, you never know, but I'm reading this other article real quick, and they're talking about who's going to be the 2019 MVP. Uh, let's, they interviewed uh, five different uh, people, five different analysts, I should say. Three of them said Drew Brees. One of them said uh, Matt Ryan. And the other one said Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure if what's more surprising, Aaron Rodgers being the MVP or Matt Ryan being the MVP. That's very interesting. I feel like I, people are trying to ride this Aaron Rodgers. And don't don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers can very, very arguably be considered the best skilled quarterback of all time. Very easily. But I feel like you can't keep just riding that MVP train just because he's Aaron Rodgers. Like what what value like he may be great and skilled, but what value is he if you if he can't win games, you know? Like if he can't get you into the postseason. Like where's right. the value? No, I totally I totally see where you're going with that. And I think that he is a great Yeah. You know, I think that he is a great player. I just I just don't see that he can be considered the greatest. A lot of people consider him the greatest. He is not the greatest. I, I can't see it. Tom Brady, I would put ahead of him. 
We've talked about what? this. On no, the, Aaron Rodgers is so much more skilled than Tom Brady. No, no. Do not get me started on this, Dalen Turk. Do not get me started do on I, this. Do I think Aaron Rodgers? Oh my God, Tom. Aaron Rodgers is definitely, without a doubt, way. And I wouldn't say worse, but I'm saying he is not anywhere close, anywhere close to Tom Brady. Okay. Tom Brady has okay. Mm, my God, Tom Brady I think is definitely the most successful quarterback of all time, and he is a fantastic quarterback. He is I think a very much so a system quarterback. I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy that you could put into any system and he's going to dominate. But no, Aaron Rodgers as a pure, just skilled, athletic quarterback is far and above that of Tom Brady. Okay, I hate to bring I hate to bring this up, but uh. How many rings does Aaron Rodgers have? Okay, in this situation, like I said, Tom Brady is the most okay. successful and accomplished, but Aaron Rodgers is far and above the more skilled and athletic quarterback compared to Tom Brady. Okay, I see, I see where you're going now, but I'm just saying that, like, I, I was just giving you a mad, what it, bad what time. What does it matter if he doesn't have rings? <laughs> I hate when I actually hate when people bring that up because it's like it's kind of like comparing LeBron James and Michael Jordan, and then people bring up the rings conversation. It does not matter how many times you win the championship, and plus Michael Jordan and Tom, and Michael Jordan and LeBron James are playing in two different eras of the NBA. So you can't, like, I, it's hard to compare the two. But then again, it's all about those ships. Like, what does it mean if you don't have any ships, you don't have any rings on that finger, you know, like... MJ's the GOAT. I'm going to just leave it at that. The point is, though, is that... And, and just to get... I think that... But just to get back on our fantasy thing we were talking about, since we totally just went off topic, <laughs> I like I like Kyler Murray, and, I mean, I like your Josh Jacobs. I just think that if you're looking... If you're looking for a solid player that's going to be there that you aren't sure if you want to take the want to pull the trigger on a rookie, you could easily pull the trigger on Kyler Murray and mm-hmm. if he doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world because a quarterback is not I wouldn't say it's like super easy to find, but if you have someone locked down already, then you don't have to worry about right. it. So that's going to do it for this show, unless you've got something else. Uh, no, I think we can uh, call it quits on that. All right. I need to get some sleep before I pass out. That's all I got to say, enough, buddy. buddy. Because I'm, I'm just getting I – fe- I could see my waveform right now is just a bunch of squiggly lines, and I feel like, okay, I just need to take a nappy. A nappy. sports without borders podcast that's dalen turk i'm rj hence thank you very much for listening have a good day everybody goodbye y'all like what you hear visit podcastwithoutborders.com or like us on facebook